Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Dennis O'Callaghan is a farmer and he is heavily involved with the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. But Dennis approached us in a private capacity in the last while. He wanted to talk a bit about mental health, particularly in rural areas, but the general subject of mental health itself. Dennis, you've come to us to to talk about your own experience with mental health, but also what you see as a lack of peer support, community support, especially in rural areas. I think it's fair to say you never thought about mental health much anyway until you had a problem yourself. I had, PJ, and thanks for the opportunity there for giving me to talk. And yes, I actually never thought that I'd be in a situation uh, ever uh, where I would have had a brush with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but unfortunately, that day came. Uh, I was in a, I found myself in a very dark place in a situation that wasn't my own making. Um, and because of coming through uh, what I came through, I found that in the last uh, 12 months, especially with the tragedies we've experienced, um, in North Cork especially, that something needs to be done because there's something not working. You yourself went for counselling and, and help from Pieta House and you, you found it very good but but you're making the point like not everybody can do that. In fact, not everybody needs to do that. I presented myself to Pieta House uh, because uh, I was, uh, I suppose, look uh, I was ashamed and embarrassed of the situation I, thought I had found myself in the previous day. Um, but I, uh, and I suppose, look um um, I found as was in my in my situation that I had got a second chance. Mm. Oh, and that's that's how dark the position I found myself in was uh, at life. And the first thing I felt about was look, I owed it to my family um, to try to do something to right what had happened. Uh, but I also um, you're right in the sense that um, I went to be at a house, and when I went there, I was told I'd have to wait for maybe five or ten minutes for somebody to, to, to talk with me. And I almost walked out that door. And as I walked towards the door, a lady came out of an office and she asked me, was I okay? And she said, look, I said, I was waiting to meet somebody, but I said, I think they're busy. And she said, look, hold on, hold on. And she brought me down into a corridor with two chairs. There was no room available. And we sat there for the next hour and a half. And I told her the story as in, to, as in what had happened and how I had found myself in the situation I was in that was entirely not my own making. And she said, how bad are you feeling at the moment? Or how bad has it made you feel? Well, I said, look, very simply. I said, I don't know if you've ever been accused of doing something that you didn't do. 
and how bad that makes a person feel. And she said, I have. Mm. I have. I said, oh, yes, I know exactly what the feeling. Well, I said, you can double it. Well, I was concerned because I said, um, and I um, and um, I obviously not going to go into here this evening. But um, I said, look, um, it's a, you, you understand the feeling I had. Um, and, I, and I suppose, look, um, when you're boxed in, or you feel boxed in, um, you kind of forget the important things in your life. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, my family. The consequences of what might have been uh, had um, uh, had 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 I you know uh, had it gone through, um, uh, and where I said and what I set out to do, um, and that was very frightening. Um, look, um, I I signed up for twelve sessions, but as I've said to people since then, I suppose look, and you and we've spoken about it already. I did never envisage having uh, any, or finding myself in the position I found myself in that particular dark day. Um, but also, I, re- I started to recover quickly. Um, no, I was embarrassed, of course, very embarrassed of what had happened and so forth. Um, and it took me a good while to get over that and to kind of, you know, I wore a beard, I believe, for three and a half years after this. Why, why did you do that, Dennis? I think you get, you see, there's a, there's a stigma attached to it, like. That really is, like, and anyone that's a little bit, you know, and because people start treating you differently, they, 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 they kind of, I suppose, the people that, that knew you and respected you kind of get to be more friendlier, if you like, and they, they, they kind of look out for you more. And did did you embarrassing wear the beard to try to hide away from the world? I think, you know, I was actually, I, I actually spoke with a guy one day, and he said to me, you're wearing a beard, and I said, I am. He said, have you, did you always wear a beard? I said, no. He said, I know. He said, oh, you're wearing the beard. Because I said, you actually, you're actually hiding behind the beard. He said, I've been there myself. And I said, you know what, you're dead right. And, that's, and look, that did happen. Um, and, it, and it's great that you came back from, from that. But when you're done with the, the, the course in, in Pieta, thankfully you were well again after a period of time. That set you thinking about other things, though, didn't it? It did. Because, like I said to you... Um, you know, after the third session, I suppose, and into the fourth one, I found that look, I was I was Dennis O'Callaghan again, right? Mm. But and I was like the fellow that was sent to hospital with a bad flu by the doctor. But in actual fact, I wasn't as bad at all as I thought, and I was recovering fast. And I suppose I was looking at what was what I, what surrounded me, and I was sitting in waiting rooms for my slot and seeing the people coming in, bringing and it was alarming at the time to me, bringing a lot of young people in for counselling. Uh, I'm talking about people in their teens in their early 20s um, and you know looking at the people that actually brought them in and actually spoke to a couple of them on different occasions that was either an aunt or an uncle or maybe their mother or a father but uh, to be honest about it it was more like an aunt or an uncle and that put me thinking like you know the stigma is it, the, is it because the maybe that the, 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 the immediate family found it hard to bring somebody in for counselling I, 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 you mightn't believe it, but I, I, I think there was something in that. But I also saw that the people that were bringing, that were making that journey with these people for counselling, in actual fact, I would say some of them needed a bit of counselling themselves. Because I think they found themselves in a situation probably on the drive-in, what do I say to this fella or this girl, how do I address it, do I ask them how they get on today, uh, and so forth. You know where I'm coming from. I do. And, um, do you know, 
Um, so look, that was one element. Another thing, I made a few notes then, right, of different things, again, a few other things. And when I was finished my sessions, uh, I actually did a bit of research into people who had attended there as well. And look, there's great people in theatre. There's no two ways about it. But just like every other organisation, you know, it's, it's stretched, completely stretched. Like, you know, I can only call, cater for so many people every day. Um, the other thing is, like, it's in Cork. Now, uh, um, and people uh, down the country don't... Uh, there's people down the country actually would find it a bit of a journey to go to Cork. Yeah. The theatre house, believe it or not. I felt, I felt that if we, had, if we could set up something locally, and I set about... Um, I met with HSE and I met with various organisations. Could it be done? But to this day, and as of yet, nothing has been done. Um, and as I was asked um, last week, do I think is you know is, is our health mental health system working? It's not. Of course, it's not working because if it was, we wouldn't be seeing the tragedies we're seeing. Yeah. What What do you think is broken in it, Dennis? From your own personal experience. Well, look, I put it this way, right? Um, no matter what's broken in life, you need somebody with a bit of experience to fix it, right? doesn't matter if it's something materialistic in your life or whether it is, like, you know, if, we've, if we're sick, we need to go to a doctor and a doctor uh, will tell us uh, about our, 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 our illness or whatever, right? Mental health, people refer to it as an illness, and it is an illness, of course. Hmm. But we're seeing something in the last number of years that, that maybe, while it is, we can call it a mental health issue, but it's triggered by other things. It's triggered by things in our lives. I think it's pressure. A lot of it is pressure. Um, uh, I see it out in rural Ireland, especially in the farming community. Look, PJ, we're living on what we earned 30 and 35 years ago for what we produce. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody can live on what they earned 35 years ago. I worked over 30 years ago in Dublin, and I was, and I was getting about 170 or 80 pounds a week, right? And I was getting a bit of commission. I was driving and delivering cheese. And... I couldn't live in Dublin today in 180 pounds, which would be equivalent to about 200 euros. Now it's supposed to be with it. Um, um, but yes, farmers are. And farmers, see, farming is a, is a very... Uh, farmers are very passionate about what they do. They take incredible pride in what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for them. It's, people will say, oh, why did you just sit up and get out? That's not... You know, I heard a brother-in-law of mine, not the rest of them, he's passed since, said to me one day, farms are given to us to be to be looked after and to be passed on and hopefully in a better state than when we got them. And, and you know, he was so right. That's actually, there was a very, that, that's, that's so right with the farmers because farmers don't, the last thing a farmer wants is to give up his land. We've seen look evictions, we've seen receiverships and farms and so forth and we'll see a hell of a lot more of them, by the way. And this is what I, this, you know, and it's frightening. It's frightening to think that this can happen to people but you can't live on what you were getting years ago. Like, a, we've heard the expression in the last few years, from the farm to the fork, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Well, can I put it to you this way? If I'm saying the other way, go from the fork to the farm, because when you start at the fork, there's billions being made out of the industry, and by the time you get to the farm gate, there's nothing left. Yeah. There's nothing left. They're only barely scraping by. I had a family recently at a meeting where a farmer stood up and said his income for the year was 9,000. He had four kids. His wife, his wife goes out to do a bit of part-time work. You can't live in 9,000 with four kids. No, no, you can't. You can't. No. And these people are. Now, you can see where that leads. And, and, and the problem is leading to... Then we have the other people out there at the moment who are getting into milking, commercial farming, we call it, where there's hundreds of cows involved. Their lives are gone straight away. They don't have a minute to themselves any, at any time and part of the day. And there are young people uh, heavily bothered 
Where is that going to end up? I ask myself. Do you know? You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, I'm in my, in my, in my 50s, right? What can I do as a, as a, as a I'm vice president of ICSA? Um, my commitment on the day I was elected was salary incomes and try to improve the farm incomes. Uh, I spent 35 years in the food industry. Um, and I suppose between what I'd seen in the food industry and what I see in the farm, um, um, and it hasn't changed, by the way, in any shape or form. Um, I, if there's anything I can do is if I can, if I can open the door in, in any way to help all these people that are in trouble and make it better for the young people out there today that are farming, that are farmers in their own right and have the same pride as their, the, the people before them in what they're doing. But with the help of God, won't end up in the situation that a lot of other people have ended up. The incomes are tiny. The debts are huge. That puts massive pressure on people. So yeah. where does the help come from? What can we do for them? Well, the first thing we have to do, look, and can I just step away from mental health at the moment? We already have illustrations. We already have the evidence and the proof of what's going on, but there's nothing being done about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if something isn't done about it fast, it'll be too late. This, this just isn't coincident. This isn't just happening. This is made happen. And I go back to the fork, to the farm. Look at the fork. By the time it reaches the fork and you're about to put it into your mouth, there's billions made out of it. Go back to the farm gate where it originated and there's poverty. Yeah. Poverty, and that's all you can call it. Yeah. And poverty leads to all other situations, as you know well yourself. And this is where I see the whole thing going, if something isn't done about this. Um, it's the same people. Uh, when you look at the rich list every year, it doesn't change. It's the same people who are making the same money, billions out, out of what they do. And we, you just have to ask yourself, how could that be? Yeah. And look, I, have, I feel that I've got a second chance here. And I suppose, look, if I can give something back, because on that, on that dark evening, I got my life back. And what is it that you're trying to do, Dennis? What, what do you want what to do? What I'm trying do? to do is create an awareness and create an awareness at both sides. Both to the people 
that are causing the stress and so forth. And, and, and believe you me, there are, there are organizations that are, that are causing this. Um, and to the people that are the victims, that is not, it's not, you know, we've heard it said, it's not, it's not, there's nothing wrong with saying it's, I'm not okay. Well, what I want to put it out there is that, that it's perfectly, uh, uh, it's, it, that it's actually, it's actually very good. If anyone that come out and say, look, I'm not okay, but I didn't make this mistake, can you help me? And know that there's somebody there is going to help, and there's some organization there that will step in and help. Um, we saw it with the mortgages. We had the MABS uh, people set up there to help people that were in distress with mortgages. Well, I think we need something in that line to help the people that will be in trouble, who are in trouble, yeah. uh, whether it be at, at, in farms or with, uh, with, with small businesses, uh, because small businesses are suffering very hard as well. There's no two ways about it. We look at the price, uh, prices rising in this country. Can anyone stand in front of any of us tomorrow morning and tell us why diesel and petrol is the price it is? No, they can't. Can they tell us why our food bill has gone up? No, they cannot. Can they tell us why, um, uh, why our, our rental uh, situation and accommodation for our young people? And I don't know, did you see what I called the nail in the coffin yesterday? What was that? In our new finance bill, seeing there's something coming out that anyone and any parent that will help their, 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 their children going forward in other words, giving them, we can't give our children a loan anymore. I saw that. But I saw it. And I, I straight away, I said to myself, my God, we can't even help our kids now. And that's the government we have today. And like, how can you see anything being fixed while all that's going on? How important is it, Dennis, that people, farmers or anyone in rural Ireland or small business people, like you say, have someone to turn to that understands, like you do, what it's like to be there. You see, the the problem is, uh, and it's a, and and, and it's, it's, it's you know I just mentioned rural Ireland. What an awful lot of farmers um, are experiencing at the moment. There's been an awful lot. Now we always spend time on our own, but when I was growing up, there was always, you know, there was a couple of people in every farm, right, and and twelve or family members or whatever. But there was. Nowadays, there's one fellow there, especially in the in the in the, in the beef area of things where he's on his own, and probably doing a part-time job as well. Uh, we've seen a few tragedies there where, where people uh, were injured by machines. Um, and to me, that was, you know, in some instances, it could have been that they were tired, and they come in from work in the evening, they go down to look after the cattle, and look, it has happened to us all, anyone that will tell you that they've ever had anything to do with machinery. We make a slip-up, and, and, and that slip-up can cost people their lives. Um, but going forward, they're going to spend a lot, a lot more time on their own. Now, if you're on your own 24-7, they're coming back to the house. They may, they're married to maybe a lot of times a professional in her own right. Uh, she has her holidays. She has her days off and so forth. But she's trying to look after the kids, trying to keep the house going. And by the time he gets back, they're all in bed. So again, even though there's people in the house with him, he, he, they're not, there's very little communication going on. Um, now, people say, oh, so he have the phone and they can Snapchat and all. Yes, of course they can. But no, no, there's nothing better than sitting down with somebody and having a cup of tea. There's a feel-good factor in it, and no one can deny that. Looking into a phone and, or speaking down a phone is a different situation altogether. And I think, you know, that's what made it in rural Ireland. People sat around tables. People said to me, was the pandemic a bad thing? I don't think, it, I think, yes, of course, it was a bad thing. It, it, it took people. But was it the cause of what we've seen? Not at all. Not in any shape or form. In anything, is there any few good things we could pick out of it? Is that, look, people started sitting down, talking to each other. They started talking to their neighbours. They started doing bits of painting. 
in the kitchen, the children started to see their mothers baking because in, in, in the shops we saw flour was flying off the shelves. Flour, lunch boxes, something that people hadn't bought for years. There was a, sh- a shortage of them at one point. Flasks, another shortage. Why? We were going back to the old way. And do you know something? There was, no, there was nothing wrong with the old way. Yeah. Because we didn't... In, because I, 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 and, I, uh, and I can I'd say this, uh, as a man in his 50s, I've, as a young, a young fella, I never saw the tragedy that we're seeing today yeah. in rural Ireland. So there is, like, you know, it's the isolation, um, it's the pressures that are being put on people, and as I said, people on very low incomes. And then, 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 then look, you, you might have a guy in a farm and he's and he suckled cattle and beef, and he's working hard and he's doing a great job. But he's not, of course, he's not making any money. And then he's his neighbour next door who's making two, two or three hundred cows, and he looks to be putting up a great show. And, you know, there's a bit of embarrassment there, and the man says, what am I doing wrong? But in actual fact, he's doing nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. He's doing a great job. Um, but he's not getting paid for it. And that's why, you know, as vice president of ICSA in Munster, my commitment was that I, that I would focus on farm incomes and finding ways um, to, to, to increase them. And I suppose weeding out the corporates that have stopped us from earning the money we should be getting um, for the last 30 years. And, and like, they, they are facts. This just didn't happen. They are facts. I think the, the, the nub of the conversation we're having here, Dennis, is that the, the mental health crisis in farming and in rural areas and small business didn't just happen. It was caused and continues to be caused. It was caused. Exactly. 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 You know what? You mightn't say it, but I, but, but, but I will say it. It is criminal in a lot of things, in, a, in ways, what has gone on. And, 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 and that's, let's put it very mildly. Criminal, I'd call it. And the establishment of peer support groups in rural areas, you know, the, the village hall, the local clinic, just coming together to talk. That's what you want to do, isn't it? That's what I wanted to do. What I said was, if we try this first, right? Try it, in, try it locally. If it works, it's something we can roll out around the country. You can't, you won't take it do it all in a day. This, this, and then you won't do it in a year, or you won't do it in five years. But if, we, if it was started and rolled out, and, you know, like everything that you start, there will be ups and downs and so forth. But you know what? If we started to save lives, if you only saved one life, what price can you put on a life? There was a price put on my life in the situation I was put into. Uh, um, but what price can you really put on life itself? Of course, you can put no price. And Dennis, if anybody is listening to us who would like to contact you, how would they do that? Well, they can contact your, your, yourselves, your good selves there, um, uh, PJ. I have no problem with that. If any organisation wants to talk to me or anything like that, or people themselves even. Um, like I said to you, I'm, I've done this interview this evening as vice president for ICSA, but independently. Um, I'm not doing it as the vice president. I am vice president, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. I wanted to do this uh, for myself and for the people. And if, there's, you know, and if there's people out there listening to me, or people that may feel they have a lot more to add to what I have said, uh, and I'm sure there are, why should we wait any longer? If they want to come to us, we can put them in touch in turn with you, uh, and maybe you get something set up. Start a conversation, I guess. Well, look, I put it this way. Um, when, and I've said this, uh, I've said this in, in various places around the country. Uh, you can go to farming organizations, uh, big organizations, and they'll tell you, oh, I'll be in Dublin next week, and the person you need to talk to know, I'll be talking to them. Can I tell you this, and I'm telling you this now from my CSA. 
when you come to ICSA, you ring the office, and within an hour or two, the person you need to talk to will ring you back. Or if they don't ring you today, they'll definitely ring you tomorrow. Or when you come to our meetings, you'll meet the people you need to meet. You'll either meet myself or you'll meet our president, Dermot Kelleher, um, and there's various other officers in the organization that will help people with various issues, whether it be grants or whatever. There's people that to help you with all issues, really. But mental health is something that, to be honest, about it, they're, they're coming behind me with it. Well, then, if someone is listening to us right now and feels that they agree with you and they'd like to help you to start a group somewhere, could we put them in touch with you? Oh, God, I'd be, I'd be more than... I'd be delighted. I'd be delighted if some if, if they feel that this what we've said might make that happen because, um, you know, um, I've been thinking about this over the weekend and so forth. And look, um, if what I've said will help anyone out there, if there was people listening that are prepared to do a bit, and if we all did a bit, we could create a lot and make a lot happen. Well, if anyone contacts us, we'll put them directly in touch with you. Dennis, it's been, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and I wish you well. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, PJ. Courts 96 FM.